Welcome to Trinity Radio. I'm Braxton Hunter, and along with me is Jeremy Lee. And we're here in Western Australia at the National Convention, Annual National Convention for the Overseas Christian Fellowship. And we're here to tell you all about that and what evangelism in Australia is like. So it's here's not heresy, it's come on. No, it's Harris' son. Wow! They gave us nothing but tradition and no argument. All they did was get on this stage, yell real loud, and set a straw man on fire. Okay, now, this is... I... I, I was... not impressed. <laughs> I, I've never heard of this gentleman before, but... And there is no evidence at all, except in the imagination of Dr. Braxton and like-minded thinkers that there is such a thing as an objective morality. All right, well that was a very passionate speech by Professor Alvarez. However, let me point out a couple of things that I have not argued tonight that Professor Alvarez seems to think that I have argued. Everything that begins to exist must have a cause for its existence. On behalf of humanity, God became man to die for the sin of the world. Then because of that sacrifice, you can rise from the dead just like he rose from the dead. All right, so right now we are in a box in, uh, and we just, we just fought a spider. I'll put a spider, I'll put the spider up on the screen. And it probably doesn't look that big, but it is really big. And we did battle with the spider, didn't we, Jeremy? Yeah, it was pretty big. And Jeremy has been this really even keel, like uh, James Bond type figure <laughs> so far. But when, when we attacked this spider, it was, it was a different Jeremy. And so, uh, but anyway, um, uh, so what I'm here and we're not going to be able to do a normal Trinity radio episode this week with, uh, Jonathan. So what I thought we would do instead is I would show up here with Jeremy and we could talk a little bit about what it's like to do, uh, evangelism in Australia. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong when I kind of explain some of this, but, um, most of the people at this conference are, are, are living in Australia going to school here at one of the universities. Yep. They call it uni. University is uni. That's an Australian thing. Definitely is an Australian thing. You I put think. Y or IE at the end of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, yeah. go ahead. I think no, I think uni is what we call it here, but you call it college in the States. We just say yeah, I'm going to college or I'm going to university or Yeah, whatever. yeah. We would call it um, that in Singapore, Malaysia. I'm not sure about in the UK because they have universities as well. But it's uni here. Yeah. And they also have, okay, so you probably know that most of the world outside of the United States calls soccer football, and we call soccer soccer, and we call football football because words mean things. <laughs> but here they have soccer, football, and footy, yeah. which is an Australian thing that is like, uh, well, we don't, you told me you don't even understand. Was it you that told me you don't understand really the rules? Might have been someone else, but I. I don't understand all the rules. It, they have a bit of basketball, a bit of uh, rugby, a bit of okay. a bit of football or soccer in okay. it. So it's a mix of three things, um, and doesn't make a lot of sense to most people. But they love it here. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but but anyway, uh, we're we're but the, most of the people at this convention, uh, which they call Convy, the Convy, <laughs> is um, are people because this is an overseas Christian fellowship. Mm. Most of these people are from what countries? 
Well, most of us are from uh, Singapore and Malaysia, uh, but there are people from like Hong Kong or China, uh, and some local Australians can join us as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, and your your family is from Singapore. Yes, that's and right. And you have uh, Chinese ancestry, right? Well, way back, like talking like eighteen hundred. Yeah, like yeah. Not, your, not your grandma. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and uh, but you don't speak Chinese. Uh, much no I mean, now you're afraid your mom's gonna see this and she's gonna be embarrassed that you said you don't speak Chinese yeah because she as a kid <laughs> she's the one who slaved over my Chinese in school and everything oh, so okay. I like to think that I can speak Chinese but it's probably uh, uh, has a lot to a lot of room for improvement yeah. yeah I didn't hear any Chinese uh, uh, foul language when we were fighting the spider but no. uh, so, <laughs> some Chinese profanity or any foul language just, yeah. to, just to be clear yeah, yeah. No, yeah no foul language yeah, no, no, no foul, foul language, language. Yeah. Uh, okay so so but so you got Singapore Malaysia but these are people who are living here and a lot of these people are going to stay or some of these people are going to stay in Australia afterwards and so are some of the people that are here at this conference like already full-blown citizens of Australia? Yeah, in fact, I am a citizen of Australia, and quite a few people are PRs, permanent residents, or citizens. Um, but the, the, the real, like, the, in the history of OCF, which is what we call it, um, a lot of people who study here, they become Christians, they become uh, stronger in their faith, or they get built up as disciples, mm-hmm. and then we send them back to their home countries, usually usually Singapore, Malaysia, or wherever else, and then they start to be disciple makers there. Cool. And in fact, many churches have started in Singapore and Malaysia um, who were OCFers who ran back home. So people are part of this organization go mm-hmm. back. Now, now tell me this, this. I think this would be interesting. Now, don't turn this off if you think, well, this is like a special interest episode. <laughs> I don't care. I'm really just here to hear Braxton and Jonathan argue about something. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, don't go away because this is super interesting because if you're interested in apologetics and soteriology, because we'll talk a little bit about soteriology, but if you're interested in apologetics, um, the, Australia, as we all know, is a very secular culture. Very much so. Right? Yeah. And not necessarily the culture of... Well, the Asian culture that most of you guys, you go to churches that are predominantly Asian, most people, is that right? Most of, yeah, most of the people at the convention now would be, um, yeah, going to those churches. But some do go to local ones where there's a big mix of uh, Australians, like white Australians and Asian people. Yeah, so obviously in church and within the Asian communities that, that are together here, there's, there's a lot of Christianity that's very much like, maybe like evangelical Christianity that we're used to yeah, yeah. In, in, in the States. Okay, so, but aside from that, um, there is a secularism in Australia that the OCF is trying to, now tell me a little bit about it, because I'm kind of wondering mm-hmm. about that. So you're, you're, you're trying to, what I've heard of this conference so far is obviously a lot like we would at a church growth conference or something. How do we get more people interested in the OCF? How do we, um, how do we invite people? How do we impact them? But we also have heard some stuff about evangelism and apologetics from another speaker, uh, David Gregg. He's really great. And he was, he was talking about actually reaching others, and it sounded more like regardless of whether they're a possible candidate for OCF or not. Mm. But would you, so at a conference like this, what are we really trying to do? Is it, is it more about just getting people into OCF, or is it about getting people into the kingdom? Yeah, that's a good point. So there's two main parts to this whole conference or convention that we're having right now. The first three days, and right now in day two, is the uh, annual general meeting at the AGM. And later on, when uh, Braxton's going to be speaking, is called the convention part. And that's five days 
or sermons and uh, breakouts, as yeah. we call them, or we call them workshops. And that's for teaching and training and building up the members of OCF. And the, the main vision of OCF is summed up as build, uh, reach out, build up, and send back. So the reach out part is to reach out to predominantly international students on campus and reach them for Christ, build them up to be disciple makers. And then the send back part is like sort of a, a missionary thing or sending out on a mission to wherever they are in their workplace to be living out you know, as disciples of Christ. So, yeah. so this thing is kind of like, um, this is kind of like Campus Crusade in terms of organization, right? Uh, in, in, well, loosely, it's, it's a campus-based mm. organization that has chapters or you call them centers yeah. at the different campuses and universities and colleges. And, uh, and it's, so it's a ministry that is based in these uh, student groups. But um, with yours, the distinction is it's primarily uh, made up of people who are from other countries aside from Australia who've come to Australia to study. Exactly. And since the surrounding countries, there's a lot of Asian countries, you, it's, it's a, it becomes a, more than anything else an Asian uh, population in the membership. Yes. Right? But that's not all you're trying to do because you're... you're you, so would it be fair to think of OCF like people would think of their church? Obviously, we're going to try to make sure our church is doing everything right. Mm. And obviously, we want people to be members of our church. Yeah, but yeah, of course, yeah. we want people to get saved and become Christians, even if they never become part of our church mm. uh, or, or, or a part of the OCF in your yes, case, right? Yes. So the build-up is preparing you to do kingdom work yes. even outside of the OCF. That's right. Well, one, and that, that's a good point because it brings me to one aspect of OCF that is unique, which is how it's only students who run it and there's only students who lead it. So there's no staff working people usually who, or, or in fact, there's no staff at all who make decisions about the direction of the ministry or mm -hmm. how we do things. Um, and that aspect of, I guess, the ministry means that when you leave or when you graduate, you have to go and integrate into churches or take on like ministry and stuff. So um, the whole purpose of OCF is to prepare you for that living your life out in your profession or whatever as a Christian okay, great. Uh, for the kingdom. And like you said, so like, you know, with churches, they want membership and all that. And we, I like to put it this way, like how if we're doing campus work and we're reaching out to people and if an Australian comes to Christ, that's perfect. And we're very happy about that. But predominantly as we are international students, we find that our strength is reaching out to international students around us. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So um, now w let me talk a little bit about what I've seen so far. Um, uh, let's see. Is this, yeah, we're still going. Let me talk a little bit about what I've seen so far. Mm. So I've seen, right now we're in the weekend before the actual convention, the mm. convi. We're, we're just before that. So what you've been doing is you, you've had what you call the general, what do you call it? The AG? Yeah, annual, annual general meeting. Annual general meeting. And what that is, is, a, is like a big business meeting and then preparation um, so they do have workshops and stuff just for the people that are leading these things yes. and helping with yes. leadership. Um, but you're also, what I found so impressive is you're, you're having, it looks like United Nations, like there's this big <laughs> table and there's 75 people sitting around this table and you wouldn't believe it, but it's student led, like you said. So, 
Um, it's not like you have like some college student, like this is what it happens a lot in the States. You've got some college students that are there because they're kind of supposed to be here. And then you've got some adults, <laughs> that is like some old people who are sitting around doing everything. And we might ask Johnny to come up and talk about what he did this summer, but, but he's not really the main guy. That's not what's going on here. What's going on here is individual students who might be freshmen or might be uh, uh, seniors, and they're, and they're hearing some report from another center, uh, maybe in Sydney or maybe in Melbourne. And, and they're, they're saying, wait a minute, hold on a second. Why did you do what you did? Mm, yeah. Why did you make the decision you did? Why, how, or your discipleship. Uh, how are you doing discipleship? Because we want to learn from you. And, and, and then in terms of like uh, organizational things, like I hope, I hope it's okay to talk yeah, a little no, bit about fine. this. One thing that they were talking about last night is, you know how when churches use music, uh, they, have to have, they have to pay for a certain copyright to use this copywritten music or some license to use this copywritten music. And they're taught so the, the, the overall organization uh, pays for that out of the dues or whatever that people pay. And, and there was a change to how that works. And so some of the students were like, well, now wait a minute, what's this change about? How does all that? And the, what's cool is you've got the people that are 20, 21 years old who are getting involved and really like, like really wanting to know and they're invested and they're like, hey, this is, this is an organization that I'm a part of, it's my organization. And I want to make sure it's all working right. And any adults that are present, I say adults, they're adults, but <laughs> any old people that are present are really only there as an advisor role and not saying a whole lot. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think, yeah. And that's one of the distinctives, right? Definitely. And that's something that we really defend a lot. So if, if people try to bring in, like, if you ever get a sense of losing that student-run, student-led part of OCF, the whole... That's why we have these AGMs to make sure mm -hmm. that we stick to the core of OCF. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it, this organization has been around for like 60 years since uh, 59. So yeah. it's been around for a while. Wow. Yeah. And we even have speakers who were in OCF earlier become pastors and Christian leaders and then they come back to these conventions to speak to us and have sermons and all so that. So this is the 60th anniversary. Next year will be the 60th. Next year is yeah. the 60th anniversary. And this is the first time you've ever had an American come yes, to OCF. That is, right. that is correct. Because yeah. who needs us, right? <laughs> um, honestly, I had somebody tell me, they're like, we've never done this before because we have great Australian speakers. What do we need an American for? And I said, wow, that's a lot of pressure. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, but but th th that's, a, that's good. So why, tell me why you wanted to have someone come uh, from America and what issues you wanted us to talk about and why? Hmm. As much as you want or as little as you want to say about that. All right, sure. Well, I think Braxton was hitting, hinting about this a bit earlier and that the, the culture of Australia has really changed um, in the last few years, or maybe not even the last few years, but long ago, but it's becoming extremely secular and there's a lot of atheists and the agenda of like, I would say you call it the liberal left sort of mm -hmm. movement is very, very real on campus. So we have like the rainbow LGBT flags flying over posters all over the place. So that, that's the reality in universities here, probably in the States, similar. Oh yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah. Definitely. So um, in this environment, I feel like we need someone who understands uh, how to do evangelism in these environments with, and has the knowledge of apologetics uh, and how to reach out to people who don't believe in any God at all and that's the environment we're in. 
Um, so I felt like, you know, get back to an email, <laughs> see what he thinks. Well, um, you know, one of the things that David Gregg, who is yeah. an Australian, um, whose family is from Singapore, right? But, or there's a mix there. But he, he was doing, he's, a, he's an apologetics guy. He went to Dallas Theological Seminary. And today he was doing a talk about evangelism. And he and I talked for a while afterwards. But one thing he said that I thought was really interesting is he said, one of his Dallas professors said, in the West, the question is, do you believe in God or why should I believe in God? Whereas in the East, it's which God should I believe in? And he said, that is, that is increasingly not the case anymore. That, that general rule is not the case anymore when it comes to the younger generation. Maybe a little bit with older generations, but, but it really is across the board now, why should I believe in God at all? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I thought that was interesting. So you 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 were telling me the other day. We've talked a lot about like so we did the Wyma series where we mm-hmm. took different different worldviews, uh, everything from Jehovah's Witness to atheism to Scientology to Mormonism, Islam. We talked about all those things and did apologetics that way. But you were telling me, um, yeah, but it it really is the case that atheism has a is a, has a stronghold mm-hmm. here in Australia, and it sounds like increasingly even in places like Singapore. Yeah. Well, very much so. Um, like here, I think if you find ten people, it's probably like maybe two have, or two or three are interested in the topic of God or have an understanding of God. Mm-hmm. Maybe one, not even, might be a Christian. Yeah. And if you like sort of uh, like say that you believe in God, uh, you really are like looked at weirdly in a way, and you and you sort of feel weird. Yeah. They make you feel weird for yeah. believing in God. Yeah. yeah. Which is probably like it's just a sign of the. Uh, yeah, how strong atheism here in Australia. Yeah. So even if like students from Asia are coming over, they're in this environment now where in university, like your mind is probably more, I guess, flexible, open to things. Mm-hmm. And you're coming to this culture where, you know, atheism is the thing and you're away from your parents. And even if they are Christian or they're like, you know, religious or Buddhist or whatever, they come over here and now you're with these people. Mm-hmm. You're gonna lose. It's a very high chance that you're gonna lose um, your direction or be influenced by what the culture is here. Yeah, which is one of the reasons for having like campus ministry. Obviously. Yeah. So now, one thing that I think is a little bit interesting is um, there are groups like Campus Crusade that are here. They go by another name, mm. uh, but but there are groups like that that basically have seen success in uh, the states or in other western countries and so they come to australia and they set up and they they have their thing but it's not it 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 doesn't have the history in this place that ocf has they've been at it for so long one thing you said i think it was you that i think is really true is not not only are, are these centers um ocf centers able to survive um which is impressive enough but they're able to survive being completely student-led. And these other groups come, and I won't name which ones, but, but there are other groups that have come, and I heard in the reports and people talking about things that they're not, they don't know what to do here the way that OCF does. And so they either don't succeed or they try to leech off of uh, organizations like OCF or they just, they just die. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so if, here's why I bring this up. This is not a sales pitch. And I certainly <laughs> don't have anything to get out of it. But if you want a ministry to pray for that is in one of the kind of on the front lines of atheism in the world right now, OCF is a very theologically conservative, orthodox, uh, evangelical group 
in Australia, impacting uh, atheists in Australia, and um, and so that's and, and it's led by students. You know, don't don't if you, if you if you can pray for them, that's great. But if you can give financially to them, uh, that'd be great. They have a Facebook group that uh, we'll link it in the Trinity uh, Radio Facebook group, and you can go there. But you can tell you, if you search OCF. 2018, they'll bring you to the one for this year, right? Yeah. And, and they can find a way to contact you and maybe support what's going on here. Um, I'm thinking that me and Sarah are going to do that personally ourselves. because yeah, we, we probably put something up on the on the YouTube description. Yeah, we can yeah. put it up in the description. That's right. Yeah. You, you're, you're good at this. Yes, you know what you're doing. I know. Um, so, so, yeah. So, now, one thing, and uh, if you don't like us talking about this, I'll edit this out. But one thing, one thing that you have that I'm here talking about is soteriology. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, for those that are familiar with my ministry and really Trinity Radio, I, I've been very interested in evangelism, apologetics, and uh, soteriology in that order. Um, apologetics, yeah, evangelism is the main thing for me. I want to see people saved. I'm more interested in that than I am apologetics or soteriology. I'm interested in apologetics insofar as it helps that conversation with evangelism. And soteriology is a thing that, and I want people to hear me say this, I have never intentionally looked for an opportunity to talk about soteriology. Aside from maybe a couple of podcasts, mostly because Pritchett made me, and, <laughs> um, and uh, a few blog articles that I did write. But I'm, I'm in a book on the subject, I have a chapter in a book because somebody took something I wrote and said, can we make this a chapter? Um, I've gone places and spoken because people ask me. I've debated because I've been asked. I've never tried to get a hearing. But you said, hey, I like. I, I think this is something. It's not that we're trying to start a war, but I think this is something that um, we need to hear from a um, not necessarily Calvinist voice. Mm-hmm. So what? So why was that? What's what's the what's why is that an important thing to you? Well, to me, um, and I, I won't go too much into this, but. In the previous conventions, they've always had speakers who have had like a Calvinistic slant on things, and they even had um, like a. It was it was literally called a predestination workshop, and then they just assumed the definition of predestination, and then that was just pretty much a five point workshop yeah. without presenting anything fair about the non-Calvinist side, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the people here, I I think this. Um, like soteriology thing isn't as big in Australia as it is in the States Hmm. or at least in the SBC um, Mm -hmm. where we have people like Nathan Flowers with Soteriology 101 you know going at it with TGC and all these things but because like Desiring God the Gospel Coalition all these websites also do other um, topics like just Christian living discipleship and all that sure people here are finding those resources and they're great resources I I think yeah Uh, yeah but then they like these uh, ministries, and then when they find they have questions about soteriology, they turn to them as well, and then they find well, you know, all this reformed viewpoints. Yeah. And that's all they're getting here. Mm-hmm. And I just like, of course, we do the, uh, the the preamble before we talk about what Calvinism does to evangelism, like mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the the philosophy behind evangelism. But myself, I'm just worried about how when we don't have a non-Calvinist perspective, or a strong one, besides um, uh, foresight, faith, mm-hmm. Arminianism, I'm just worried about how the members of OCF will view evangelism when we're all thinking with a Calvinistic mindset. Yeah. And I think having someone come and say, 
hey, there's actually robust scholarship and reasons to be- believe in something other than Calvinism. Yeah. I think that would benefit us quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it is shocking. I, it, what you're saying is true. Like, because a lot of the people making these resources are and, and preaching the sermons that are getting a hearing today in the evangelical world, mm. you know, you got like, uh, Guys like uh, John Piper and, and, and J.D. Greer, who's now the president of Southern Baptist Convention, who it's questionable. He says he's not necessarily is Calvinist, but he's not not a Calvinist or whatever it is. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, but, uh, people like um, Matt Chandler mm-hmm. um, and in the past, guys like Mark, uh, well, Mark Deaver and Mark Driscoll and uh, D.A. Thompson came to Perth just a few uh, months ago, I think, or last oh, yeah? year or something. So yeah. So all these voices, they do. You're right. They give you good resources on other things, mm-hmm. and so this just kind of comes in. And so if you're in a place like Australia where um, hey, I'm just trying to serve the Lord, and uh, I'm, I'm taking in all this stuff, and uh, they're telling me, you know, that everything's couched in Reformed terminology. You just kind of take that on board. I think we saw that in the States in the um, 1970s and 80s uh, as well, where even people, you know, people like my dad was a pastor, and, and the, the, um, the uh, commentaries you had at that time, the big preachers at the time, it was all couched in that language. And so you, you just kind of adopt that. Yeah. But I don't think people realize that some of our best thinkers today, guys like William Lane Craig and uh, uh, Mike Lycona and Norman Geisler mm-hmm. and um, Robbie Zacharias yeah, and uh, yeah, John Lennox and all these people are, are, are people who have a non-Calvinist view that is not the uh, typical Arminian view that you, I was just listening to Leighton Flowers on his podcast. He was talking to this pastor who just came out of Calvinism and apologized to his church that he had been teaching them reformed theology. And, uh, and one of the things the guy said was, he said the same thing you just said. He said, the only thing I'd ever heard from a non-Calvinist view was, um, was this look down the corridors of time stuff, uh, Arminian stuff. And, um, and so, so anyway, there are some heavyweights, and we want to expose people to those heavyweights. But you know, the way I approach it, the way I plan to approach it, unless you tell me otherwise, is I think we need to emphasize first of all what do we all agree is true about soteriology from an, a conservative evangelical perspective. And what I see that we agree about is um, at, because of Adam's sin, we are all born with a nature and an environment inclined towards sin. Mm. And we sin, and we are lost before God and condemned. We stand condemned. And uh, and so because of that, um, we would be on our way to hell. We are on our way to hell when we when, in, in that situation. And then, because Jesus died on the cross to atone for our sin, when we trust Him, and when we repent, and we place our faith in Him, we are regenerate, which is just... Uh, fancy terminology for born again. You know, in uh, John chapter three, uh, it says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus at night and said to him, master, we know, or teacher, we know that you are a man sent from God for who can do these miracles that you do except God is with him. And Jesus said, you must be born again. If you can't, if you are not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So born again, that's regeneration. And uh, we believe that it's by grace through faith uh, that we are saved, grace, it's nothing we did to earn it, uh, and by faith, that's, the, that's a word for trust or loyalty, you're trusting, it's not just mental assent, and when that happens, I still think everybody should agree on this, yeah, so, so. so far, <laughs> yeah, because, because of this, uh, we are justified, which means uh, people could quibble about this, but pretty well, we are acquitted, 
Uh, if, if you think about your, your situation before God as being in a courtroom, you're kind of acquitted, but you're not just acquitted for no reason. You're acquitted because Jesus atoned for that sin. So you're justified. Then you begin a process of sanctification, becoming more like Jesus. Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then ultimately you're glorified. One day we will be like Jesus. And Ephesians 1 tells us all the things that are predestined to happen. Well, I slipped up there. Some would disagree about predestination. But we, all these things are going to happen one day when we're glorified. I think all of that is what any evangelical Christian should say, whether they're Calvinist or not. And they may quibble about the order of some things. But they would say, yeah, I mean, that's, that's soteriology. But then, if you go one level down and you start asking some annoying questions, it gets a little bit deeper. And I think, uh, I'm, I'm talking a lot here, but I think that the thing... I would want, if I were you, and if I, were, if I had a vested interest in OCF, which I feel like I do now because I'm here with you and, and spending time doing this, is I would want it to be a thing. I would want people to know all the sides of this thing. Mm, yes. Number one, because they want to know as much about what God did for them as they can. Uh, but then also so that when these things come up, when these disagreements come up, it's not something that's alien uh, to them. They, they understand both sides of it, and they can have an, an intelligent conversation without it becoming vicious. Yes, yeah. yes. That's so, so they've heard the Calvinist stuff before, uh, whether it was intentionally or actively Calvinist, and so now they're going to hear it maybe another side. Yeah, and one thing that I suppose I should mention right now is that OCF is um, a non-denominational uh, organization, mm-hmm. and that's part of the constitution of OCF. Um, but in the spirit of being non-denominational, that's why I wanted to bring something other than Calvinism, so that they don't become, I don't know, Presbyterian or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> accidentally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, people might start trying to say, "Oh, but it's a non-denominational thing. Why are you like pushing uh, non-Calvinist views?" But I think it's actually more in the spirit of being non-denominational. I, um, I wanted people to sort of hear both sides of the argument. So. Yeah. I, I did ask you, Braxton to um, you know, present a bit of the Calvinist side, but most already have an idea of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, I think it would be good to flesh that out because most people actually don't know the implications that that leads on to. Right. So maybe that's something to right. talk about later. But Yeah, I'm yeah. going to try. I think what I'm going to try to do, and if an OCF were to see this video, what hopefully I did try to do, <laughs> is, is to present both sides of this thing as fairly as possible. Mm. Now, like Leighton Flowers always says, if you want to know what Calvinism is, don't mm-hmm. just listen to what people like us say. Go get it from a Calvinist. Exactly. And the same is also true the other way. Don't just listen to what um, you know, John Piper, James White, D.A. Carson, whoever, says about uh, a non-Calvinist position. Get it from whatever position that is. If it's an Arminian, hear it from mm-hmm. an Arminian. If it's a traditionalist, which is what I think my view should be called, uh, then get it from a traditionalist. But get it from get it from that person. But that said, I'm going to try to present it fairly. I'm not going to lie and say I don't know what I think about this. I'm agnostic. <laughs> I mean, they could Google me and, and know that's not true. But I'm, I mean, it's going to be obvious that I'm not a Calvinist. But I'm going to try to present them fairly. Mm. Um, and part of that is because I think with some of these things, if they're said plainly, mm. I think people are smart enough they can figure it all out. So, so anyway, is there anything else you want to say about? OCF or what God's doing with you or anything else, uh, this is your shot. You're on Trinity Radio and you've been a listener and a supporter for a long time. So anything else you want to say? Yeah, well, I, 
Firstly, I just like to say that you know we're not holding a knife at Braxton's back or a gun at him to like make him say to come and support or donate to us, okay? Because oh yeah, I, yeah. Nobody <laughs> asked me to say yeah. nice things about you. I yeah. believe all this. But if, if you if you do feel like this is something worth supporting or even just a one-time donation, we would really really appreciate any anything you could give, and especially just praying for us and keeping us like I guess in your minds as uh, part of the kingdom uh, on the other side of the world. Um, other than that, I, I think it's just, um, uh, yeah, campus ministry is something that is really close to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though, uh, you know, you, obviously you can't be a student forever, I think it's one of the times when uh, people's minds are most open. And that can be good or bad because they might get good ideas or bad ideas. Right, right. So that's why we at OCF really want to hone in on this part of um, uh, people's lives yeah. and try and expose them or share the gospel with them. Yeah. bring them into the kingdom and now in Australia there's actually uh, 500,000 international students at one time yeah. uh, um, and that's quite a lot considering that Australia is not in terms of population not a huge 25 million I think is something like population. that yeah that's yeah. right so 500,000 and that's just students in this sort of age group mm-hmm. um, but at the same time OCF has not been getting bigger as the international student population gets bigger in fact things have been um, uh, if we're honest, I've been going down a bit in terms of numbers. So mm-hmm. um, we really need that support and that, uh, I guess, any prayers that you can give to us yeah. for that. And that's why we have these AGMs and these conventions every year to try and see what can we do better, how can we improve, how can we train ourselves better to um, you know, do work for the kingdom and bring people to Jesus. Yeah. Now, you want to look for OCF Australia because there is mm-hmm. another yeah. organization that's also called Overseas Christian Fellowship in Europe somewhere or in, in London London okay yeah. and New Zealand actually okay yeah. and it's not the New Zealand don't help the New Zealand <laughs> no, not at all don't even look at them <laughs> no but uh, you want OCF Australia and uh, so uh, I guess at this point we're going to get back to killing spiders and someone, spiders. someone told me that there is a that of the like 40 or of the 50 deadliest insects on earth 40 of them are in Australia or something like that so, um, and at night you hear weird animals outside and weird noises. I don't think those are the OCFers. I think those are animals. Um, but, uh, but anyway, uh, also check out uh, Matt and Matt and Billy, Matt Chisholm and Billy Wendelin. Sorry, Matt and Billy, I had to think for a second. Um, at the Bible Brodown. And check out Steve Gregg's The Narrow Path. And Leighton Flowers Soteriology 101. You were on Leighton's show, right? I actually was, yes. Um, I'll be talking about soteriology. And stuff, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, that's all he talks about. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not true, but that's what people say. And so uh, those are our sister podcasts. And so they support us and promote us, and we do the same. And so we think that those are good places to go to uh, if you're looking for more stuff to listen to while you're at the gym or in the car or whatever. So um, I hopefully will make it back one day from Australia. But if I don't, then I hope you enjoy Pritchett. And I'm sorry, Pritchett, that you couldn't be a part of this. But we will see you next time on Trinity Radio. If you would like more content, click here. And keep watching Bible Studies, click up here. And finally, we want you to subscribe. We need more subscribers, so click here.